I welcome you into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And for some of you, I'm sure that we are live. Unfortunately, we're not live on Twitter because Justin is in the Eastern Time Zone. That's okay. We'll get that corrected and get you guys up here in just a few moments. But uh, until then, we say hello. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. And yeah, we've got a good show. For those who can see it. <laughs> and, We'll get that corrected here in just a few moments for you, for sure. No, no, no problem. But uh, for those of you who are seeing this, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It is going to be a lot of fun today. We have, Mo, well, uh, it's funny because when I started thinking about topics to talk about today, I, I thought we were scraping the bottom of the barrel at times. I was like, who really cares about the Auburn defensive coordinator? Now, we're going to struggle to get everything in. We have a 10-pound bag with 20 pounds of potatoes. And, and that's not, uh, that's not going to be, it's not going to be great. It's not, it's, it's not going to be great for us trying to figure out how to maneuver it. That being said, we'll get there. We'll get everything we can get in today. And what's, what's left? All the news that fits. All the news that fits. That's exactly <laughs> right. So we've got all of that. Tell you, we have first, Terry McCormick is going to join us at 3 o'clock as he does each day. And, of course, it's, it's also Tuesday, so that means Chip Walters will be here right after Terry. And then in just a few moments, we will be joined by the play-by-play uh, <clears throat> -play voice of Braves on Bally as Brandon Gauden joins us, Mo. Really looking forward to this. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to uh, get, to get this going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to visiting with Brandon Gauden as he gets ready for his second year in that capacity as play-by-play -play announcer of the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about dream jobs. But when it was announced last year that he was going to succeed Chip Carey in that position, you found out and you realized this was and is truly his dream job and has been since he was a youngster growing up in Evansville, Indiana, when he penned a now famous letter to Skip Carey, Chip's dad, um, asking how he could get into the profession and you know I, I just want to know and one of the things that I'll be asking him when we get him on is if he still has to pinch himself to realize you know where he is and what he's doing I mean he's done a lot of great stuff and is continuing to do great stuff aside from the Braves he does some Big Ten basketball he is a Madden voice is that the. right the Play-by-play play voice. <clears throat> on Madden. The play-by-play play voice for Madden. And so for a lot of people, that probably supersedes any baseball assignment that he has anyway. So, But um, he's involved in a lot of great stuff. And for us, his greatest stuff is what he does from March until October. Yeah. The later October. the better. Well, he, he's usually out by the postseason, unfortunately, as well, those are national broadcasts. Yeah, because but. he's doing TV. But, yeah, um, 
so again, looking forward to having him on. Um, congrats to Yao. Great get as we talk about. We worked, we worked hard. I mean. And he, he was gracious so and, and happy to do it. So we're looking forward to it. We will get to that. I think we're up on Twitter now. So let's go ahead and get folks to that link, and we will do that. But we also, of course, have to bring you yesterday's results and today's schedule. And we do that on The Rundown. Here's The Rundown. Oh. Monday night girls basketball at the high school level. Clarksville Northwest defeated West Creek 62-16. Columbia Academy with a 61-49 win over visiting Battleground Academy. Cornerville defeated Mount Pleasant 60-10. It was Henry County 61, Dixon County 19. East Hickman with a 63-34 win over Harvard. Good pass to defeat at National Christian, 56-43. Keaton County down Hickman County, 47-37. Oakland, 76, Riverdale, 34. Hope Prep with a 49-43 win over Lipscomb Academy. Providence Christian defeated Franklin Road Academy, 44-41. Rochdale down Siegel, 72-40. Station Camp with a 47-44 win over Macon County. Westmoreland defeated Pearl Cone, 42-23. It was Wilson Central 59, Smyrna 45, and Riverside Christian 56, Zion Christian 38. On the boys' side, Columbia Academy down BGA 73-53. It was Mount Pleasant 67, Cornersville 29. Dixon County a 57-55 winner over Henry County. Goodpaster defeated Nashville Christian 78-45. Cheatham County falls to Hickman County 57-44. Oakland defeats Riverdale 76-42. Hope Prep. Falls again. 8378 this time to Lipscomb Academy. Providence Christian takes down Franklin Road Academy 4943. Zion Christian at 72-59 went over Riverside Christian. Siegel 71. Rockville 56. Station Camp, a 66-37 winner over Macon County. Tennessee Heat down to Webb School, 73-62, and Wilson Central is a 63-37 winner over Smyrna. On the ice in overtime, Preds fall to Ottawa 4-2-3. And NBA action, the Grizzlies fall to Sacramento 103-94. Tonight's high school basketball says these are all doubleheaders, all starting at 6 o'clock with girls action. Boys to follow. Cambridge is at Antioch. Deep Coast Gallatin. Riverdale goes to Blackman. Centennial is at Brentwood. Brentwood Academy hosting Park Presbyterian Academy. Liberty Creek goes to Keenum County. Davidson Academy is at Clarksville Academy. Springfield is at Clarksville Northeast. Coffee County hosts Columbia Central. Harpeth goes to Community. Ekathos Classical is at Day Spring Academy. Clarksville is at Dixon County. Antwerp hosting Lipson Academy. Fairview taking on Visiting Sycamore. Hope Prep is at Father Ryan. Kalioka goes to Forest. Nolanville is at Franklin. Tennysonville Christian visits Franklin Christian. Zion Christian is at Franklin Classical. Lawrence County goes to Franklin County. Friendship Christian hosts Ezell Harding. Dallas County entertains Marshall County. Hume Fog is at Glencliff. Donaldson Christian goes to Good Pastor. Little Tennessee Christian is at Grace Christian of Franklin. Green Hill taking on visiting Mount Juliet. Hampshire hosting Cornerville. West Creek is at Henry County. 
Overton goes to Hillsborough, McEwen is at Houston County, and Page is at Independence. Also, Kenwood, Hurston, Clarkson, Northwest, Merrill High Technology Academy, Franklin Christians at Lancaster, Christian Cookville goes to Laverne Lawson, welcomes Maplewood, Mount Pleasant at Lewis County, Spring Hills at Lincoln County, Macon County at home against Station Camp, Ballard Collegiate Travels to Martin Luther King, Hunters Lanes at McDavid Creek was at Montgomery Central, Oakland hosts Siegel, Pearl Cone at home against Lee Academy, Metro Christian is at Pleasant View Christian. Eagles at, Port, at Portland. <laughs> Ravenwood at home against Sunnet. East Nashville goes to Republic. Santa Fe top ranked. Wildcats on the road at Richland. That'll be a good one. Especially considering. Mm -hmm. um, Kirkwood is at Rossview. Smyrna welcomes Lebanon. Independence Academy at Sun Academy. Wilson Central at Stewart's Creek. Loretto is at Summertown. That's always fun. Murfreesboro Central at Tullahoma, University School of Nashville, Welcome Providence, Christian White House Heritage is at Westmoreland, Greenbrier's at White House, and Stratford's at White's Creek. Girls only action tonight, well, because it's Harpeth Hall at St. Cecilia Academy. That's at 5.30 tonight. And in men's basketball action, also at 5.30, you can see it on the SEC Network as the front part of a doubleheader tonight. University of Tennessee welcomes South Carolina, and that is your rundown. Top stories brought to you, as always, by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go check those folks out for your delicious daily deli lunch specials, fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, and much, much more. Cost plus 10 at the register. That's the Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. There are numerous reports that initially started with a report from On3's Pat Forty stating that Tennessee is under investigation for potential NIL issues. The school denies any wrongdoing. Is this a witch hunt? Is it legit? That is the question that is being asked by most Tennessee fans right now. Obviously, a lot of folks pointing fingers and poking fun at, at the Vols uh, and, you know, with McDonald's bags jokes and, and, and all of those types of things. But there are a lot of factors in this discussion, one of which starts with the person who reported it. And I don't think there's any question that Pat Forty has a disdain for the University of Tennessee. And that's been apparent for several years now, going back to Shiano Sunday, if not further. I'm not saying that Pat is reporting incorrect information. I think Pat is selectively choosing Tennessee in this information. Because I don't think Tennessee's the only the only school with NCAA investigators on campus. Are you wanting me to respond? Well, I'm just saying because my thing is this. T 
Tennessee may be under more scrutiny from Pat Forty than someone else because Pat Forty has his issues with Tennessee. But if there wasn't an issue for Pat Forty to come up with, then he couldn't come up with one. Now, um, we've seen the situation with Florida uh, and Rashada. We've seen the situation with Florida State. I mean, yeah, you would like to think that, like you said, everybody else is under the same amount of scrutiny, maybe. And, and you feel like the NCAA is probably looking at a bunch of folks because trying to find violations of NIL is about all the NCAA has left at this point. But, you know. Well, and, and in 2022, they, they outright said, hey, we're going to retroactively enforce these rules. So if you broke the rules when they weren't a rule, you still get hit, which is absurd. By it, it, well, again, this is the NCAA trying to remain relevant. And uh, <laughs> good luck to them. Um, well, there's a difference, I think, in the Florida State investigation, the Florida investigation, and any potential investigation at Tennessee. Okay. Number one, Florida State, they had actual proof of a coach driving a recruit to a booster. Okay. So that's, that's completely, they had that proof, right? Mm hmm. Florida's investigation involves a player who was offered a basically a contract to play there, decided not to play there, and sued to get the money he was offered. That's all public record. Mm -hmm. If you're telling me that Tennessee broke NIL rules when the NCAA didn't leave their campus from the Jeremy Pruitt situation until a year ago, I'll tell you, you're crazy. They were on the campus. They were already investigating. If yeah. there were NIL issues, we'd already have known about them. You'd like to think. Tennessee has done, and they claim that they have absolutely broken zero NIL rules whatsoever. And let's also remember that there hasn't been a notice of allegations. This is simply the NCAA is on the campus. They're conducting an investigation, and that's it. And, and they might be investigating something that winds up to be nothing, which you know, kind of goes back to your initial rant, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, maybe Pat Forty is reporting something that's nothing. Certainly wouldn't be a first. Yeah. Maybe Pat Forty is looking for something to report. Certainly wouldn't be a first. So, you know, is he overdoing it? Possibly. We'll find out soon enough. And and UT fans can cackle once the NCAA 
goes back to Indianapolis and, and has nothing, shows nothing, does nothing, then, you know, you can take Pat Forty to task. And I'm sure they will. <laughs> Certainly would not be the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, 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 it, and deservedly so. Yeah. I mean, because, again, the conclusion is never reported to the extent of the Arrest. initial, yeah, <laughs> of the initial situation. You know, they, they never say, you know, well, only the, the charges innocent. were dropped, yeah. you know, <laughs> only if they're innocent. Yeah. yeah. So. If they're guilty, obviously there's plenty of coverage, mm -hmm. but, but if the charges get dropped between now and a trial, you, you, you never you'll hear be about lucky it. to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's like, whatever happened with that? Oh, you know. Exactly. And so I think I think that's kind of where we're at in this situation. I I feel pretty confident in saying that I think Tennessee's collective has done everything it can to play within the rules it was given. Now that being said, whatever the, the rules there were no rules. Target. Well, there were no rules at all. For the first two years. And then the NCAA created a rule set and said, we're going to retroactively enforce these rules. And I think that's, a, I don't think they can do that mm -hmm. for one. A lot of folks point at the Nico situation, how you know, the $8 million quarterback and y'all were touting that. I don't think people understand how NIL deals are presented to athletes. NIL deals are presented to athletes in a manner of, if you choose to go to school here, our relationships with businesses or whatever project that this would be your value at Tennessee. That doesn't mean we're going to pay you $8 million only if you come to Tennessee. Now, Florida screwed up. Jaden Rashada put pen to paper. That's where they screwed up. But I think, I think a lot of schools are screwing up because they're not just projecting. They are presenting. They are awarding on the front end. Are they not? Well, I mean, but if you, if you put it in terms of if you're playing at Tennessee, this is what we feel like we can give you. And the NCAA's problem is they're saying it can't be based on enrollment. The problem with that is very simply, what does Gainesville Ford gain if Arizona State quarterback Jaden Rashada is their spokesperson? Nothing. Their NIL value in Gainesville is zero. And the same with Tennessee or any other athlete. So I think that's a problem as well with the NCAA and this NIL issue as a whole. But that's that's a whole other. Category. There are a lot of problems with NIL, and I don't and, and with its enforcement. Yeah, and the NCAA is not doing a good job on either side, the front end or the back. End. So what else is new though? Absolutely nothing. So. Let's take a break. When we come back. Brandon Gordon joins us here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yell, Mo Patton here on this Tuesday edition, and coming up later in the show, Mo, we have the top five most impactful turnovers in football history. And, of course, that goes back to the Zay Flowers fumble on Sunday, on, which yeah, on Sunday. at first glance looked like a Zay Flowers fumble, but on replay was a hell of a defensive play by Ladarius uh, yeah. Sneed to knock it out. Yeah. So that got us thinking about games that flipped or or even lost on a turnover, mm-hmm. and so we are going to dive into those and it should be a lot of fun looking looking forward to it we've of course got terry mccormick who is going to join us here in just a moment at three o'clock we will talk a little bit about the titans as well as other nfl 
coaching news. Chip Walters will join us, of course, at 315 to talk about the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. So, all of that is coming your way in just a moment. But before we do anything else, mm-hmm. we have a very special guest for you guys. Looking forward to this conversation for about half a month now as, <laughs> as the 2024 National Sports Media Association's Georgia Broadcaster of the Year joins us. Actually, he's the 2023. I'm sorry. He will be receiving (laughs) the award in 2024, which gets a little confusing. It does. Speaking firsthand. So, (laughs) Brandon Godden, the Atlanta Braves television play-by-play announcer for Valley Sports South, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Brandon, first off, congratulations. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the kind introduction and appreciate you having me on. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, um, introduce you, obviously, as Braves play-by-play announcer because that's where we see your work the most. But as Chris pointed out earlier, you are also the voice of Madden. And and I imagine there's a good faction of folks that know you better from that than this. <laughs> And thankfully there, they don't have to see my face. You know, during a Braves telecast, you're subjected to at least 30 seconds of seeing this face at the beginning of every broadcast. But Madden is voice only. So, yeah, but I've been I've been doing that since 2017. Charles Davis of CBS is the analyst, and we've been having a blast with it for the last seven years. But getting this job last season with the Braves on Valley was, was my dream job because this is the team that I grew up following and rooting for. And so it's an honor and a privilege to be able to sit in that chair every night. Well, between that and getting to hang out with CD on a regular basis, things probably don't get a whole lot better. But you also do some Big Ten basketball. Yes, I'm in the middle of basketball season right now. Most of what I do is Big Ten, some Big East. It's whatever rights Fox has. So Fox doesn't have any ACC or SEC. They have Big Ten, Big East, and a little Pac-12. And so those are the conferences that I cover. So, yeah, right now I'm traversing through the Midwest trying to avoid the snow. was in uh, Madison last week, and I'll be headed to Iowa here on Thursday for a game Friday night between them and Ohio State. So that's all keeping me busy. And then before you know it, we'll blink, and we'll be headed down to Northport in March to cover the last few telecasts there before the Braves kick things off uh, March 28th in Philly. Looks like you're going to have a new sidekick this time around. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, look, Jeff Francoeur, who's been the lead analyst last few years and with me last year, is tremendous. Everybody knows and loves Jeff. Not only incredibly gifted on air, but just fun, engaging, just a great guy to be around. We're both the same age, born a couple weeks apart. So we just had a lot in common and we had a blast. But Jeff has four young kids and Jeff wants to be around those kids. He has the financial flexibility to be able to do that because of his days playing Major League Baseball. And so I'm happy for him. He's taking a step back. He's still going to be doing about 25 to 30 games. So people will still see quite a bit of Jeff Francoeur on the Braves telecast. But being the lead analyst now is C.J. Nitkowski, longtime Major League reliever, who for the last seven seasons was the lead analyst for the Texas Rangers, who obviously just won the World Series. Uh, But this was a job CJ had his eye on because he and his wife and their family have lived in Atlanta for the better part of two decades. So he was having to do those Rangers telecasts while traveling all over the country. Every game was a road game for him. Now, half of his games are home games. 
Uh, he's a tremendous on-air talent. I've gotten to know him, and he's a wonderful person, and I cannot wait to work with him. That's we're, we're all excited about, you know, hearing new voices on the telecast. I think obviously getting fresh thoughts and, and stuff from different broadcasters is always fun. And the way that you guys have done it over the last couple of years with so many great analysts joining you has just been fantastic. And, you know, it's 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 always better to hear Brandon Gauden than anyone else that we might have to listen to call Braves games on any other network. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, a, a few weeks ago, I saw something about the ESPN Sunday night schedule for the first few weeks and somebody was complaining about only one Braves game. And I'm like, Hey, that's only one time I got to listen to ESPN. The rest of the time I get Brandon. I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah, well, at, le at least you guys and my mother feel that way. I don't know how many other people do. but <laughs> Trust me. But, you know. A, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Um, really, really enjoyed your first season. And, you know, you said it was your dream job. I said in the first segment it was your dream job. Refer to your letter to Skip Carey when you were a youngster in Evansville. Relative to that i mean they say don't meet your heroes but how did this first year live up to your expectations yeah it lived up to it and it it even was exceeded some i when i took the job i knew because of all the things that we've discussed and my history with the braves as a fan and how passionate i was about broadcasting and braves baseball even if the braves had only won 30 games i still would have really enjoyed last season the fact that they won 104 and set every record known to man offensively was the icing on the cake. Now, look, obviously, we know the season did not end as I wanted, as you guys wanted, as anybody in a Braves uniform or anybody cheering on the Braves wanted. We get that. And we didn't broadcast the postseason, so I was enduring those painful losses as a fan, just like everybody else. But for me, the regular season and how, just how great I think the guys were in the clubhouse, on the bus, on the plane, in the hotel. Uh, what you see and what you hear about is kind of what you get. There really is a solid clubhouse core and a group of guys that love to play baseball but also love each other and a tremendous group of leaders and men. And so when you, you, you factor that with the wins and everything else going on, it just made for a magical season. And then you look at how the Braves have really most of these guys, especially the position players, locked up in long-term deals. I mean, this, this is a team and a franchise that is built not just to win in 2023 and 2024, but 25, 26, 27, and for years to come. So I, I think it, it's, look, it's hard to be objective. Obviously now I'm biased, but it's hard if, to look objectively at Major League Baseball and say that the Braves aren't right now the, the team that is built the best to win in the next five years. And so it makes it a very exciting place to call work and to broadcast these games. Well, you know, even last uh, over the weekend when Spencer Strider said, look, it's World Series or bust for this team. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that's the attitude that this team has to have. And, you know, when you're around these guys on, on a daily basis, do you I mean, do you get that feeling that they really put not only do they put that pressure, but they, they I mean, they carry that pressure and obviously perform under it. Yeah, and I think Spencer Strider is exactly right. I don't think anybody in that clubhouse would run from that. Some people might 
scoff at that and say, oh, it's an unfair expectation. And to ask a team to win a World Series every year, of course that's an unfair expectation. <laughs> but but when you look at what the Braves have, you say, look, this ha- this is the team that has the best chance to get it done because it has the best roster top to bottom. Those players know that. You can't run from that. You either are a competitor and you embrace it and you go after it, or you hide in a hole. And these are guys that are going to embrace it and go after it. And I respect that Alex Anthopoulos, who's at the top of the food chain, even though he doesn't play, but he sets that tone. I mean, he has said several times since the end of last season that, yeah, that postseason finish wasn't good enough. 104 wins was great, but we expect to win in the postseason. And he knows that. And some people wanted a top-end starting pitcher. Most of Braves country did in the offseason. And we'll see what Chris Sale can bring to the table. He's kind of the new man in the starting rotation who at one point in time was one of the best pitchers in the game. I mean, he made seven straight all-star games, and he was all seven of those years, I believe, he finished in the top six in the Cy Young voting, which is just absolutely insane consistency. Now, the naysayer would look at that and say, yes, but since 2020, he's had injuries, and he has. And so his time in Boston ended on a sour note. But he's still 34, and Charlie Morton's still pitching well at 40. So hopefully Chris Sale can stay healthy this year and provide the Braves another starting pitcher to help once they get late in the season into September and then into October in the postseason. It's hard to believe that Chris Sale is only 34 years old, for one thing, (laughs) because it feels like he's been around forever. But um, Brandon Gauden, Atlanta Braves television play-by-play announcer, for Valley Sports, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Brandon, arguably the biggest regular season game of the year last year, you didn't get the call. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I was uh, going to say, how, how do you how where, watch that? Where were, were you at home? Where, where right, were you? With- right behind you, yeah, in the, on this couch back here watching on my television. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people have asked me about that game because it was against the Mets. It was, as you said, probably the most exciting finish last year. There were several walk-offs, but that Ozzy Albies homer in front of a packed crowd to beat nobody else other than the Mets in a dramatic back-and-forth affair was just, it was scintillating. It was awesome. And a lot of people have asked me, do you wish that you had been in the booth with those four guys? Well, sure, that would have been great. But I truly mean it when I say that I sat on that couch and I loved every minute of that broadcast because I took myself back to being an eight, nine, 10 year old kid. And those guys, Chipper, Smoltzy and Glavin and then Jeff later and now becoming a friend and a broadcast partner. But those those three Hall of Famers, those are guys that I idolized and hearing them tell stories of their playing days of when I used to watch the Braves nightly on TBS and be serenaded by Skip Carey on the mic. I just was a kid again, and I loved it. I loved the old footage they rolled in. It was like the the best mixture of old school and new school Atlanta Braves baseball, and we got that in one telecast, and I thought it was tremendous. Now, they did it again later in the year, and I I still thought it was great. You just didn't have the Hollywood ending that they did that first go-around with a win over the Mets, Uh, but it was tremendous theater, tremendous television. Our production crew, headed up by our producer, Gretchen Caney, did an incredible job setting the table for all of that. So even though I wasn't in the booth, I was happy to be on my couch with popcorn and Coke in hand uh, and watching that game and watching the Braves win. Popcorn and Coke. Coke. Not a crown. (laughs) Well, (laughs) only one person had a crown. Not not, not a crown that night. Yeah. Um, 
Brandon, what a few changes this offseason. The biggest one to me, obviously, is we're not going to look over in that third base coaching box in 337. Um, I would imagine that's pretty impactful for you as well. It is. Ron Washington and EY, Eric Young at first base. It's hard to explain what those guys meant to the team and to the players, and in particular the infielders and the base stealers that those guys spent so much time with. When I would get done with watching batting practice every day, whether it was at home or on the road, and you would go underneath the locker room and into the tunnel toward the clubhouse, always, 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 you would see Wash and EY sitting there talking with everybody that came past, sharing wisdom, sharing stories, talking about the opponent, talking about life. And there's that intangible that, that they say in a clubhouse of chemistry that some people roll their eyes at, but it's a real thing. The Braves will continue to have it, but they lost a big piece of that chemistry with EY and, and certainly with Wash. And they called Wash the infield whisperer because of how good he was at teaching those young guys how to play the infield. You see the strides, I think, in particular that Austin Riley has made defensively at third base, and he attributes a lot of that to Ron Washington. Uh, but but so you, you married such a great coach with such a great person, such a great clubhouse presence. I am thrilled for him. I think he deserved another opportunity to manage. He's going to get that with the Angels, and I hope that they turn it around, and I hope he has a lot of success there. Uh, but we would all be lying if we tried to minimize the impact that he had in Atlanta. He he was tremendous, and he will be missed. I just don't know who's going to work with you on your base stealing now that he was gone. <laughs> well, that has nowhere to go but up. That was, for those who didn't see my pathetic slide, I'm glad you didn't see my well, pathetic slide. They only and showed it 37 times in again. a row. Oh, my gosh. I, that You know, I praised our producer earlier. Yeah, I was going to say. They would roll that in, and every time, in, so in your ear when they're going to roll in a piece of video that, hey, we're going to show Chipper's home run from the 1996 playoffs, whatever, and they would always tell me something fake. Hey, we're going to show this, this, and this, and then it would be that stupid slide, and I was just like, oh, guys, not again. Can we just bury that, burn that footage, and not bring it back? No. Uh, <laughs> no. No, we can't. Oh, oh man. man. I love that. You know, Brandon, one of the things that I that you, you talk about, Skip and, and whatnot, I, I'm I'm just going to ask, you know, next time we're in a rain delay, I need you to throw it to some Andy Griffith. <laughs> and we just you know, play Andy Griffith during the rain delays. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, if we if Bally had the rights to it, I would. That, <laughs> man, I I remember in the 90s when there would be a rain delay. First of all, I'd be so mad because I didn't. I just wanted to watch the Braves. And when yeah. there would be rain and they would go. So, but that is also how I fell in love with the Andy Griffith show because I would watch those. And after every episode, they would go back to the park and Skip would give an update. Hey, the tarp's still on and we'll be back in 30 minutes. And, but I would watch those Andy Griffith shows just because I was waiting for Braves baseball. And so I started to like that show because of the Braves. It's funny. Nah. Well, Brandon, it has been a, an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, and we, we greatly appreciate you taking some time with us. We, you know, if if you had, if you were looking out, you know, at this 2024 season, what is what is your big, your big prediction? What what do you expect to see out of this team? You know, the, kind of the, maybe a hot take of some sort for, for this 2024 Braves team. I'll give you a couple. First of all, I don't really think it's a hot take. I think the Braves are the favorites to win the World Series, and I understand what the Dodgers have done, uh, but it, it's their roster doesn't fit the way the Braves roster fits. Yes, they've got Otani. We get that. We know what they did, how much money they spent, all of that. They've got, are they a good team? Of course, they're an amazing team. 
But to me, top to bottom, the Braves are the team to beat, and I'll take them against the field to win the World Series. I'm curious to see the two pieces, how Jared Kelnick, a young prospect who was at one point in time one of the hottest prospects in baseball, how he transitions in left field. He got injured last year in Seattle, but he's still just 24 years of age. I think the Braves are banking on him, making a lion's share of the starts out there and left. So he's the one question mark in the lineup, but certainly he has a lot of potential. And then how does Chris Sale work into the starting rotation and can he stay healthy? If those two guys even have just average seasons, the Braves are just as good as they were last year. If they have above average seasons, the Braves, as scary as it sounds, could be even better than last year. And then the final prediction I would make is I think the Braves have the Cy Young winner this year. I don't know whether that's Strider or whether that's Max Freed, uh, but if Freed stays healthy and Strider continues to stay healthy, th- that's as good of a, a one-two punch as you're going to find in the game of baseball. And I think one of those guys wins the Cy Young in 2024. How many bases does Ronald steal this year? <laughs> Can he go over what he did last year? I-, I think he's I think he's plus 70 again. The question for me is, can he have a 50-50 season? Uh, which which most people for the long, longest time have just thought is impossible, and understandably so. It's never been done, but 40-70 had never been done. Um, so I, I think Ronald can do 50-50 if it's not this year, at some point in the next few. Wow, goodness. Wow. Can't wait to watch you call almost all of those. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. We'll let you get to your errands. We know you got a uh, an unfortunate appointment coming up after this yeah it's never fun to go see the dentist but you know it is what it is you gotta do it you got you i gotta, gotta do, do these it. things in the off season because once the end of march hits i don't have time for them but it's, that's for a good reason so uh mm. but guys i appreciate you having me thanks very much and hopefully we can do it again in the future sounds thanks. good to us we'll talk to you soon thanks all right thank you again that's the valley braves on valley braves on valley play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves and the 2023 National Sports Media Association Georgia Sportscaster of the Year. Always fun. Always fun to get some guys like that on. And we look forward to talking to him again in the future. Look forward to talking to you guys on the other side of a break. We'll do that. We'll take it. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl, but also – There's some highlights from this letter from Dondi Plowman to Commissioner (laughs) Charlie Baker that we might want to. I imagine it's one big highlight. We we might want to touch on. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this on Main Street Sports today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. 
A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. We are back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow. Mo Patton coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm over here doing my top five research prep work. Let's talk a little bit about Dondi Plowman's <laughs> letter to President Charlie Baker of the NCAA. Earlier today, a team from the University of Tennessee met with members of your enforcement staff to discuss allegations the NCAA intends to bring against Tennessee related to NIL. We appreciate your staff listening to our arguments and agreeing to evaluate them. The allegations are factually untrue and procedurally flawed. That's two strikes, isn't it? It is intellectually dishonest. Strike three. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> Pull the string. For the NCAA enforcement staff to pursue infractions if student athletes have no NIL rights and if, as if institutions have all been functioning post-Austin, the uh, Austin ruling, by the way, with a clear and unchanging set of rules, willfully violating them. It would have been my preference to discuss my concerns with you in person. <laughs> you said... It, you told Congress that you wanted to meet with as many people and institutions as student-athletes as possible to discuss these issues. I'm sharing my perspective in writing since my December request for you to meet and me and our athletics director was denied. So we asked you to meet in December. You said you wanted to meet. In January, you told Congress you were all for meetings, but you denied but, our but, meeting. But we can't meet. What, what, something they... Mm -mm. That ain't working. Mm -mm. Here's my favorite part. 
<laughs> that wasn't even the, yeah, the the intellectually dishonest wasn't even my favorite part. Yeah. Factually of, inaccurate and procedurally flawed. None of that was your favorite part. No. Oh, okay. As you've seen in our previous dealings with the NCAA, when we are wrong at the University of Tennessee, we admit it. We spent more than a million dollars on outside counsel to investigate previous problems discovered in our football program that were reported to me personally and self-reported to the entire case, entire case, to the NCAA. Oh, uh, yeah, but that, we know why. Just the last year, <laughs> Division One Committee on Infractions as well as the NCAA Enforcement Staff cited exemplary comp uh, cooperation. You guys said we were great, and we set the standard other schools should follow. It is inconceivable that our institution's leadership would be cited as an example of ex ex exemplary leadership in July 2023, then as a cautionary example of a lack of institutional control only six months later. <laughs> so were you lying then or are you lying now? Uh, there you go. <laughs> she goes on to lay out her thoughts and plans on how NIL can be, you know, attacked through, you know, through the NCAA. But <laughs> essentially what she said is when we're wrong, we're wrong. We're not wrong here. So. And if you say we're wrong, we're going to fight you on it. Exactly. Bring your lunch. You better bring your big friends because we're bringing ours. Mm, mm, mm. And I think this, uh, uh, and not, I don't want to get too far into this, but it's, it's the biggest story of the day right now, at least in our world. Part of this is because boosters are involved in collectives. They just are. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to be, but are we supposed to act like these collectives are are funded by unbiased actors? I'm just gonna. I I think them kids at Tennessee deserve some money. I, I know I'm a. I don't even watch football. <laughs> I'm gonna give them twenty dollars. That's stupid. That's that's intellectually dishonest. Inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable yeah. yeah i mean it doesn't make any sense so you know let let's let's try to have some common sense here that's always been an issue for the NCAA. Uh, from day one from day one so anyway I, I it just seems to me like this is this is going to end up either a nothing burger. Mm -hmm. Much ado about nothing. Or the University of Tennessee is going to take the NCAA to the woodshed in a court of law. And I hate to tell the NCAA this, but the NCAA as a whole needs the SEC and the Big Ten, Michigan, Florida, Tennessee, etc., way more than those entities need the NCAA. So be careful what you wish for.
I wanted to talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl because I had I, I one. It's not the Senior Bowl anymore. It's the Reese's Senior Bowl. Well, yeah, but it's they include juniors who have declared. Oh, <laughs> so it's the no longer eligible bowl. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's the no longer eligible bowl. And that's, or, or it's the draft eligible bowl. That that may be the better way. But yeah, I think I think that, you know, Jim Nagy basically said these are the best rosters we've had in a long time because of that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious who who can see the biggest jump thanks to their performances in the senior bowl, because we typically see some peeps, a couple of kids from, you know, group of five and even FCS schools mm -hmm. who, who find their way to a, you know, to a higher draft stock due to this particular week of, of work. But I'm curious in a quarterback heavy draft, can any of the quarterbacks in this game separate themselves in this type of of atmosphere and this type of environment, because it is against you know kind of all stars to some degree and a lot of future NFL guys, but you also only have a week to prepare. Well, the thing about it is, typically it's not the game. No, it's it's, the, it's, it's the, workout the workouts too. in the you know the practices leading up to the game. It's the interviews or the conversations that you have with NFL personnel, you know, during that week down in Mobile that kind of makes that that difference, I would say, you know, and I'm just now kind of familiarizing myself with who is involved in the ball game. And when you see you know, Carter Bradley from South Alabama, as you talk about quarterbacks, or um, Ray Davis and Jalen Wright from Kentucky and Tennessee at the running backs position, Xavier Leggett, the receiver from South Carolina, who you've been on all year. Um, I, I would take him in a, in a Titans uniform immediately. Um, you figure Anaya Smith, speaking of receivers, a receiver who can return as well is going to be a guy who's going to, you know, show well and, and likely improve his standing this week. Tez Walker from North Carolina, who is a guy who did not get a full season. Thank you, NCAA. I'm sure he's wanting to go down there and make some sort of an impact this week as well. So, you know, there, there's going to be some guys, like you said, as it happens every year that, that go to this event and come out the better for it. And, you know, trying to figure out who those are Oops. here on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Um, I'll be curious, obviously. So Michael Penix will quarterback the American team, Bo Nix, the national team. It will be their third meeting in <laughs> This season, technically, <laughs> and I think both of those guys have a have a legitimate chance to you know 
to to find themselves as the number maybe the number four guy. I think Caleb Williams, obviously Drake May and Jaden Daniels are up there. I think Drake May could fall into that three four. Uh, you know, I feel like Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and and Drake May could all kind of be four, uh, you know, three, four, five in any order. And, and, you know, Drake May is not playing in this game. So hmm. these two getting another chance to, to kind of lace them up. I'll, I'll tell you, man, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody more willing to lace up the cleats and put a helmet on than Bo Nix. <laughs> this dude just loves to play football. <laughs> I mean, not opting out of the Fiesta Bowl against a team they knew they were going to destroy, uh, playing in the senior bowl, which I, I guess coming back to Alabama, there's probably some some folks who will make the trip just to see him play. But mm-hmm. And, you know, American, American team head coach, Tara Williams, Tennessee Titans defensive line coach, I guess. Currently. For now. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if Terry's in. He may be able to tell us yes or no on that. But I, I, don't, uh, I think as of right now, that is his his title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is this is going to be a it's gonna, it's always a fun week. I've always loved the Senior Bowl. I think, and maybe it's a you know because it was played in Mobile, and uh, maybe that's part of it. But I've mm-hmm. always just enjoyed watching the Senior Bowl. I always liked when they you know, swapped helmet stickers mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. You always saw some goofy stuff and that was kind of fun, but it, it, it's, it means a lot less now than it used to just because you can watch players play anytime, anytime. anywhere on your schedule. You don't have to have them all in one place to, to evaluate their talent. But I do think it means something to play against guys who are all potential NFL draftees Mm -hmm. and not, you know, most collegiate opponents just aren't going to have 11 guys on the other side of the ball who can play at the next level. This, you kind of get to see that. Friend of the show, Chris Abrams drain. Yeah. Down there. He's in there. I don't know how much he needs. He may be another guy who just likes to lace him up, which, again, he's in Alabama. He's, you know, he's kind of close to home. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why he wanted to be in it. He probably grew up watching the game, too. But uh, I don't know how much more he has to prove. <laughs> so there's that. But. but, again, I mean, as a guy who was a receiver coming out of high school, just – the additional reps against that type of talent, like yep. you said, probably don't hurt. Right. So it certainly doesn't. All right, let's take a break and visit with Terry McCormick on the other side of it here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Barn and Joint. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> He shoots, and he scores! Yeah! 
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in. Time now to talk to Terry McCormick. Terry, what's up? Well, it's your daily Titans report. It's uh, brought to you as always by Zen Sports. You guys were talking Senior Bowl, and certainly it's a showcase for guys to come and kind of, you know, show what they can do against, uh, you know, other NFL prospects and that sort of thing. The first step along the way, uh, they'll go to the Combine in late February and then have pro days and things like that. And one of the things to me that's always been a big deal with the Senior Bowl is that it gives you guys that maybe you're not used to getting to know, uh, guys from smaller schools, uh, getting a chance to go and see what they can do against the big boys. You know, to see, you know, take a guy from, you know, South Dakota State or New, I think there's a guy from New Hampshire there. Well, let's see what he looks like against. Uh, a guy from Ohio State or Alabama or whoever, you know, whatever big school you want to name. And that really is kind of where the Titans, you know, other than him being local, that's where the Titans, you know, first got a real glimpse of Kevin Byard and what he could do uh, when they drafted him in 2016. Now, John Robinson, when he was the general manager, uh, he was always big on the senior bowl. And you'll see if you go back and look through his drafts, you know, the good drafts and the bad ones. Uh, there are a number of guys who stood out at the Senior Bowl that the Titans ended up picking. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see now with Rand Carthon in control of personnel, uh, if he's going to put as much emphasis on the Senior Bowl and some of these other all-star games as the previous regime did. Interesting insight there, Terry. Um Talking about the Titans a little bit more as they continue their transition from, you know, Mike Vrabel to Brian Callahan. I think I saw something that um, Shane Bowen interviewed for the defensive coordinator position. Is that correct? Well, they, apparently there was a report put out that uh, they are not yet releasing Shane Bowen. They're keeping him in-house they're going to interview some other defensive candidates probably for sure i think uh we talked yesterday about denard wilson being uh one possibility that they have requested permission to interview but uh it sounds like shane bowen is going to at least get a chance to state his case to brian callahan as to why he should be uh kept on as the defensive coordinator and in some instances it might not be a totally bad idea you know i mean Shane, you know, certainly Shane Bowen has his critics and there are people who, uh, you know, think the Titans maybe need a fresh start or could do better. But the red zone defense was one of the best in the league. And then when you consider as you're going through a rebuild, you got to have something to hang your hat on. The defense wasn't terrible this year, even though they lacked a lot in personnel. So if you give him a couple of corners to work with, maybe re-sign Danico Autry, that might be something that would entice him to stay. 
and keep that defensive, uh, you know, line intact with Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Harold Landry and some of those guys, uh, you know, rushing the passer. It might not be the worst thing in the world to go forward uh, with Shane Bowen still uh, running that side of the ball if that's the way they want to go. Yeah, you know, keeping the the majority of this defense intact and and again a fairly successful defense on average, I guess, over the last couple of years. They they were really bad one year, really good the next year, okay last year. I'm not sure how that works necessarily, but, you know, keeping some sort of uh, continuity probably helps in, in this transition period, especially as the, the team looks to likely looks to improve mostly on offense in, in this offseason. Yeah, I think offense is certainly, with, with the hiring of Brian Callahan, I think that's certainly – the direction that they want to build on and address. I mean, that's been kind of well stated that they want to revamp how they operate on that side of the ball. And so Brian Callahan, you know, maybe maybe keeping Shane Bowen for a year or so to kind of see how the two of them mesh together, how things, uh, you know, proceed, uh, some different personnel in the secondary and inside linebacker perhaps. Maybe it's an avenue that they pursue. It's at least something that's on the table. Let's put it that way. Wanted to to get your thoughts on uh, Callahan's comments, R.E., Derrick Henry. Obviously would love to have Derrick Henry on the team. He said there's not a team that, that in this league that ought to not want Derrick Henry on the team, but – Derrick Henry's contract with the Tennessee Titans is a little more difficult than Derrick Henry's contract with anybody else because his void years start now. Right. And so whatever you sign him for, you got to add 4.3 million. True. So that that's another thing that uh, is certainly uh, up for debate in terms of whether or not they bring Derrick Henry back. And that's what leads me to think that maybe uh, it's, you know, it's time for them to move on. If they're going to completely revamp the offense, Derrick Henry has been the focal point, the centerpiece of this offense for the last five years, maybe six years, uh, you know, pretty much ever since uh, Mike Brable became the head coach. And you can probably even say, you know, during the, the last part of uh, Mike Malarkey's run as coach here too. And to me, if you're going to go in a completely different direction, you know, you can find a way to make Derrick Henry fit and fit at, at your price if he's willing to do that. But the other option, the other part of that is, you know, one, it may cost you a little more, like you mentioned, with the voidable years kicking in if he resigns. But Derrick has stated his goal is to win a Super Bowl. And I th- certainly think that the reset that the Titans are doing uh, is not going to make them one of the Vegas favorites to be playing in the Super Bowl next year. So, you know, Derek, Derek may see greener pastures somewhere else. Uh, and it's interesting to note, too, and not that Pittsburgh needs a running back per se, but uh, Arthur Smith landed with the Steelers as offensive coordinator today. Poor guy can't find a decent quarterback. Maybe he'll bring Tannehill up there. Who knows? <laughs> Be the best one on their roster, and it wouldn't be close. Yeah. 
<laughs> you were right about that. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Yeah. It, well, it's funny because someone mentioned that, you know, they were, that the Steelers are clearly trying to go to a run heavy offense. Maybe, maybe he doesn't just take Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. and they go after Derrick Henry. The double deuce. But, but here's I always think, guys, I just thought it was talking funny about the Steelers being a run heavy. Talking about the Steelers being a run, except for a couple of years where Tommy Maddox and Ben Roethlisberger were allowed to fling it all over the yard. The Steelers have been pretty much a run offense for about 40 years, dating, dating back to when they had guys like Franco Harris and Rocky Blocker. Well, I'll tell you what, if they want to go, if they just want to go all in on the run game and send George Pickens this way, I'm for it. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no doubt. Well, I mean, if they're going to try to to win games with a race to twenty points, they would not be the 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 only team that wears uniforms almost identical to theirs to do so. They could just call Brian Ferentz. He's available. He's available, and you know, he's, he's definitely he's available. Real good at that. And and hey. and I don't think they'd have to fight to get him. <laughs> hey, Mo, to your point about George Pickens. Could you imagine the sideline debate between Pickens and Will Levis after after a little bit of miscommunication or a bad throw? <laughs> hey, yeah, that that might get a little a little spicy. Testy, there. Yeah, testy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Terry, anything else we need to know? As as we mentioned, and we have mentioned, you know, Terrell Williams is coaching at the Senior Bowl. We don't know what his status is, but as you talk about guys who have and have not been released. He has not been released yet. Again, that's another guy who has some rapport with Simmons and some of those guys up front on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, well, I got to think that if Shane Bowen is still in play, that Terrell Williams would have to still be in play. And maybe even beyond if Shane Bowen is retained or not. I, I think Terrell Williams is a guy who has a great rapport, like you said, and a great and, – and is a good communicator and a good teacher. And I think, you know, you see what happens, you know, when he takes a guy like a Kyle Pecco off the scrap heap and he comes in and he's productive. Uh, you know, it's a little bit like Jim Washburn back in the old days under Jeff Fisher where, you know, he could he could take somebody and make them a darn good player and then they go out and make a bunch of money thanks to his coaching. Santa Fe resident. Jim Washburn, by the way. There you go. Right you see Wash hanging County. out down in Santa Fe. Tell him I said, hey. If I do, I will. Yeah. All right. Terry, we appreciate it. Tell us about Zen Sports. It's a new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. 
The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. And we have our second play-by-play voice of the day joining us, but number two on the show, number one in our hearts. Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, joins us now. Chip, what's up, man? what you say to all the boys <laughs> <laughs> you know so you, uh, who, who'd you have on earlier oh 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 chip that's awful i know the uh the the 2023 national sports media associations georgia sportscaster of the year brandon garden was on the ah, first hour yeah good yeah. deal he, yeah he does he's very good he is and, very uh, good Hate to see Jim Powell leaving the Braves, though. We we did as well. Um, apparently, uh, apparently we we may be among the few. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, interesting, very so, interesting situation, no doubt. <laughs> um, Chip, before we get into hardwood stuff, wanted to ask you. It, it came out, I guess, yesterday that Rick Stock still has found employment. He as has. If he, as if he needed to. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and the thing is, he goes to a place that uh, he's very familiar with, uh, and going. he's going to Florida State, going back home. Uh, he And from what I understand, he'll be the director of scouting for offense uh, for Mike Norvell's ball club, who uh, obviously – a really talented group won the ACC this year, and uh, you know they. Uh, and Mike Norvell is just a really solid uh, head football coach, and you know, kind of cut from the same cloth. I think that Rick Stockstill is. So I think that's a terrific fit for him. Uh, you know, uh, so I th- I think that you know everybody was rooting for something to work out uh, good, and while this is an off-field position. You know, he he uh, he brings a lot of experience and will be a really good asset, I think, to Coach Norvell. Chip, is is this hire kind of a reflection of where we are in college football? Director of scouting, I would imagine in this day and time, there is a lot of transfer portal scouring involved in a position like that. Well, I would say that there are, and I, I don't know the how the the uh, the management tree looks on that, but uh, I would imagine there are some GAs that kind of thing who actually do a lot of the scouring, and then you know, and they they probably kick up, hey, here's a left tackle from wherever or or whatever it might be to that director to that position to where. You know, it, it, it starts out, you know, the funnel kind of starts out big and then it, you know, gets a little smaller as, as they vet and, and uh, you know, keep either keep them moving along the path or eliminate them. So, but you're right, it, it's, 
you know, and they did a, you know, on, on a limited amount of resources, they did a pretty good job of, of having a handle on, uh, on the transfer portal here at middle. And, you know, but I, I think you're, if you look at everybody's staff now, uh, like go look at the, go look at the Florida staff. I mean, you've got that certain number of on-field coaches, but you've got just a, an army of people that that's all they do that they're, they're looking, uh, whether it's looking at high school film or, or looking at, at, at college film, uh, you know, it, there's, there's just, everybody knows that's, that's where it is. And, and it, it's going to be interesting over the next few years because you're hearing more and more louder voices, uh, talk about, uh, guardrails kind of being needed for the portal, uh, guardrails kind of being needed for, uh, the NIL, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, when Nick Saban talked about that, I think that got a lot of people's attention. Obviously the news of the day, uh, has uh, many other people's attention. Uh, so it, it, and, and the one thing I keep hearing from the quote unquote experts in air quotes there is that December needs to be cleaned up, uh, whether, you you leave the December signing period uh, for the transfer portal, or you leave it for uh, or and, and how do you? They, it's what you, what I'm hearing is is that there there is a there is a movement to try to get the high school recruiting period. Uh, to where it stands on its own a little bit more and adds a little more emphasis back to it because the portal has, you know, gutted high school recruiting in a lot of places. So that's a, you know, a long meandering answer to a, a fairly short question, but I'm not sure there is a real direct answer uh, to exactly uh, what what is going to go on. But obviously the director of scouting for offense at Florida State could include a lot of things from high school to the portal to whatever it might be. Yeah, it is. It is not a, there is no direct answer to that. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it's, if there is anything that we know about college football right now is that we know nothing. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, Saban's <laughs> statement, uh, Saban's interview with, with Reese Davis, uh, I think, you know, when he basically kind of put himself out there as saying, hey, I'm available to help straighten this out, I think whoever the powers that be need to take him up on that and uh, and, and allow him to do it. Uh, because, I mean, I think about him, uh, you know, is there is there a need for a commissioner of college football uh, that, that oversees all the conferences? And, and all of college football in Division One, I. I think about him. I think about Rick Neuheisel, guy who has really good ideas, in my in my opinion, uh, of, of how to go about this. And they talk about it on a daily basis. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Well, staying in football for just a second, it's never bad to have a Manning around your program. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> even if it's Caitlin. That's right. Uh, Caitlin even if Manning. she's a Vanderbilt graduate. <laughs> She is, and uh, she is super sharp, very nice, high energy. Uh, matter of fact, she was at the basketball coaches shows last night, and uh, uh, probably doing a little scouting of the uh, for maybe for Coach uh, Mason's radio shows next fall. But 
but uh, yeah, she hit the ground running here, and uh, and she is the. If you want to get in touch with Coach Mason, uh, she is your contact. And uh, I was looking at her uh, her uh, everything that was as far as her uh, what she's going to be doing. Her daily operational functions of the football program. Uh, she's instrumental in team travel, alumni relations, professional development, community engagement, and is the liaison uh, for the programs uh, for other departments on campus. So that's going to be a, a real critical role. And and uh, and I know that alumni you know, uh, yeah, and and uh, alumni okay. relations mm -hmm. for for alumni players. And I think that that is a, a statement. That those two words right there or a statement that they want to continue to build the relationships with former players. And, uh, you know, we've seen that most since day one, since the day he took the job and, and they've, uh, you know, and they had another 59 school blitz, uh, last Friday. So they are continuing to, to try to, to reach out and, uh, and continue to, to meet folks, whether they're former players or just in general, the high school coaches throughout the mid state. It's good to see. Um, Chip, we've not seen many weeks on the hardwood where both the women and the men had sweeps in conference play. Yeah, it, it's, I, yeah, saw that last week, and uh, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all the credit uh, to Chris Yao for being in the building on Wednesday night to, uh, to kind of get that to off to a good start for the blue Raiders. But, uh, Calvin told me I had, to, I, I was not allowed to miss again and, and, and I couldn't get your attention after the game, but I, I, I said, <laughs> I want the same seat next week. They, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, both games uh, on the men's side, uh, the Jacksonville state game, very competitive game. And, you know, uh, Ray Harper's got a good team at, at Jacksonville and, and, uh, and and they're hard to deal with. I don't know if you had a chance to see the FIU game or not, but man, they will drive you crazy. They they play the the uh, havoc style of defense that Shaka Smart uh, made famous at at VCU and and elsewhere. But uh, I mean, it looks like they have eight guys on the floor. I mean, they they'll run at you and and middle. You know, in, in the beginning of a game, it can kind of shock you the way that they play and. Uh, but as the game went on, middle handled it better and better. And then at the end of the game, uh, I mean, typically with FIU, you're going to see big swings. You had a 6-0 run by middle to start the game. Then FIU scored 11 straight, and it was kind of back and forth. And then at the end of the ball game, middle scored the last nine points of the game. FIU's last field goal came with seven and a half minutes to play. And they scored. They had a couple of free throws or four free throws in there, I think. And uh, – and middle was on a 17 to four run at the end of the game. Uh, and you know, there were some big, you know, big shots in there, huge week for Justin Porter women, same thing. They went to, they, they got off to terrific starts, uh, in Jacksonville against Jack state last week. And then, uh, against FIU who had previously been unbeaten in the league, uh, and were, were touting themselves about that. They kind of poked the bear a little bit and middle came out of the gates and, and, uh, put them down by like 20 at the end of the first quarter and, and ended up winning by 30. Uh, and, and Jalen Gregory, 
was named the, the conference player of the week. So not only did Middle's teams sweep the week, but Middle had a sweep of Conference USA players of the week. That's funny because um, Boldreva had a double-double, I guess, against Jack State. Tamia Scott had a double-double against FIU, and Jalen Gregory is the player of the week. That's that's That kind of speaks to the depth of the Lady Raiders. And I'm not sure if FIU poked the bear, but as Chris pointed out, I think Charlie Cream may have poked the bear because he had FIU as the – AQ. AQ out of Conference <laughs> USA and not MTSU. And and I feel like I feel like Rick Ensel probably took that personal. Who knows? Maybe Coach Ensel uh, prodded Charlie to do that. And uh, <laughs> and but either way, it, it, whatever the the reasoning was, I, I think the uh, the, the effect. That they that uh, Coach Ensel was hoping from his team, uh, it it certainly happened. Savannah Wheeler just had a huge week, and you know you talk about the the two double doubles they had. Uh, Elias King was twenty plus in both games o- over the weekend, and uh, but because uh, Justin Porter ended up with a fifty point week, uh, he ended up being the conference player of the week. Had JP not gotten it Elias King would have had an excellent opportunity at it and and again Jared Coleman Jones he's had he was one rebound shy Saturday (laughs) of having his fourth double double in six games and in addition to having uh, the points and rebounds he had four assists and only one turnover in playing at about 33 minutes or so against FIU I'll tell you what he he really um he's changed hasn't he well, he was really challenged down in the post by that 6'10", 280-pound kid that Jack State brought to the party, and he really held his own down there, it looked like. Yeah, he did, and that's one thing Coach McDevitt talked about this week, that you know, here's Middle coming into this week averaging, scoring only about 60 points a game, and we're shooting 40% from the field. And for the week, they averaged 77 points a game, and about 46% shooting from the field. And a lot of that had to do with, in his description, uh, that the offense was at its best when it was going through Jared Coleman-Jones in the post. And with, the, you know, the inside-out assist pass, you know, hitting shooters in good positions to score, things like that, That's, those are things that they've really been working on. Only one game this week for each team, but it's a biggie. But it's a big one. <laughs> for the for the record, uh, Middle Tennessee, as of seven hours ago, is now the AQ for the for Conference <laughs> USA, and they are a ten seed in the tournament, heading to Los Angeles. And oh, just saying. And 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 I guess Charlie Cream kind of pulled a shack. I'm sorry, MPSU. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't familiar with your game. Yeah. Um, the men go to Diddle Arena Saturday night, seven o'clock, hundred miles of hate on the north end of that one hundred miles. Yep. And the women are I guess at two o'clock. The women are at two o'clock on Saturday in Murfreesboro. So yeah, that uh, finally Conference USA and both schools have gotten it right. Number one, Conference USA finally scheduled 
both games between these two schools when school was actually in session. Uh, they were they had typically played one or both before before the spring semester had started back in both schools. It worked out on the uh, on the time on the timing of the games to play the women at two, the men at seven, and you can comfortably get between uh, Murfreesboro and Bowling Green and uh, and or vice versa, whoever you happen to be uh, cheering for. But to to be able to see both games on Saturday. And that should be a doozy for those who choose to do both. Um, yep. Which which game are you more enthused about, Chip? I don't know. I mean, I I I will be making the the trip to to Bowling Green, obviously with the men. Uh, I mean, that's going to be a that's going to be a tough place to get a victory. Uh, you know, they they've been good at home. Uh, I've got, I've got, uh, I think my level of confidence right now is a little higher with the women at home and on a roll right now. The men have, have gotten things kind of back together at home and moving in the right direction, but, and momentum and confidence, you know, can, can mean a lot. Uh, I, I think if they could go to Bowling Green and get a win, that would be ginormous, uh, heading into a road trip next week to Liberty and then right back to FIU, which I'm not sure you can get there from here, but you are. Uh, we will we will do it. We will play a Thursday night game in Lynchburg, Virginia, and a Saturday afternoon game in Miami, Florida. Is there a connector flight in Atlanta? Because I'm <laughs> Charlotte, 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 definitely Charlotte. Charlotte. Well, Charlotte no, is going to no. be involved on the way over, and Miami Airport's going to be involved on the way back. Yeah. Yeah, but, there will uh, be a rocking chair with your name on it in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there is—I uh, think it will be a private uh, flight after the game on Thursday, uh, getting us to Miami and in, in as uh, in as quick of order as as, as possible. <laughs> I'm just surprised you don't have to go through Dallas. <laughs> just saying. That's it. What was the, what was the old saying? If, if you uh, if if you were. If you were going to go to Hades, uh, you'd have to go through Atlanta, especially if you were on Delta. So. <laughs> no doubt. You know, looking at the standings, I mean, Western's 14 and 6 overall, but they're 3 and 3 in conference play. So, I mean, you know, middles just, one, in the loss column, middles one game out of third place. Mm hmm. And there, <laughs> there's kind of a log jam. It's, it's La Tech and Sam Houston and then kind of everybody else. Yeah. Yep. And if you could, if you could go on the road and steal a couple in, the, in these next three, you could really help yourself out. And uh, so that's you know you're six games deep into a 16 game uh, double round robin. So you're not even after after next Thursday you'll be halfway through. Uh, so there's still a lot of time to get yourself in good position. And uh, which, if you're a team that that is starting to to hit your stride and play well, now's the right time to do it. Middles women, in the meantime, six yep. and zero in the conference with that win at FIU. FIU five and one. Western they just need to take care two. of business. Right. Mean, they've got three games at home: Western, Liberty, and uh, FIU. Uh, I mean, if they take care of those three, that's nine wins uh, with only seven to play. And they played their first 
what two on the road. So they, the, I think the schedule falls in their favor in the second half as far as games at home and games on the road. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's big for both both programs for different reasons. Yeah, you don't want to necessarily talk about knockout punches, but if they could take these next three, they really put themselves in a good situation. Um, Chip, we've talked about it at previous points over the last three weeks or so, um, Groundhog Day lunch Friday. Not it the is only a, big event this week, though. That's right. Well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you the other one first. That'll be Thursday at 1 o'clock, and that is the uh, ribbon cutting uh, of the new outdoor tennis facility. Uh, that, uh, that program will start at 1 o'clock on Thursday on the track of Murphy Center. We'll be indoors to get it started and uh, a lot most of the speaking will take place there and then we'll move down to the facility uh in uh, and then they'll have the actual ribbon cutting and the facility will be open then for uh to to walk through and take a look at so that's one o'clock on that's that is thinking about your audience though right there inside <laughs> for most of the event in february that's that's right that's right we did the we did the uh, groundbreaking about a year ago uh, under a tent on a nice spring day uh, out outside, but uh, this one we're going to we're going to begin this inside and then take care of things uh, down at the facility a little bit later. But it is not too late for the Groundhog Day luncheon if you haven't gotten your tickets yet. Last chance for uh, advanced tickets, thirty dollars for a single ticket. If you want a table of ten, it's two fifty. They will go up. The single tickets will go up. Uh, five bucks on the day of the event and doors will open at 11 a.m. Uh, we'll start the program somewhere 11:45 ish but the traditional meal here check check them off we talk about a meal that checks all the boxes here ham hocks white beans tomato salad green onions cornbread chocolate cake and ice cream and uh, we'll meet uh, the new Blue Raider captains they were named today uh, there's six. I'll tell you when I gave when I gave Joe Sullivan the uh, the menu. Over <laughs> that, he wasn't impressed. Well, he's from Boston. <laughs> exactly. He be impressed. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks from Friday, the Blue Raider baseball team opens its season at home against Bowling Green a three-game series and yep. the other team from there yeah well not it's it's a little bit more than 100 miles yeah but um a thousand miles of disgruntledness yeah yeah my mild annoyance yeah <laughs> uh three o'clock on friday the 16th two o'clock on saturday the 17th one o'clock on sunday the 18th and yeah i guess you expect it to be a little bit warmer here than it would be in Bowling Green. Well, they oh, finally uh, they finally got to have a, an outdoor practice last Friday, and and then then all of a sudden you know we got all the rain over the weekend, and uh, so they weren't able to go out over the weekend and um days. So I'm sure they've gotten out there the last few days and uh, trying to get as much time in actually out on the field as they possibly can. Chip, as always, we appreciate it, man. Look forward to talking to you next week. Come over and visit. Any, are either one of y'all making a groundhog lunch? I don't believe so. We, the, the timing doesn't work for yeah. this show. Understand. 
So luncheons are usually out for us, and that, that's, that's on us. Maybe do do want to mention, though, that one of the 2024 captains is former Zion Christian catcher Briggs Rudder. So that's correct. Congrats oh, to him and the other yep. five. <laughs> also, uh, if you get you have your uh, Mo, your uh, alumni magazine will probably be in your mailbox when you get home today. And there is an extensive uh, cover story on written by Sam Doughton, who we're all fans of and the work that he does uh, yeah, with an extensive uh, story on Coach Mason. So I think you'll enjoy that. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. We'll see you next Tuesday. All right. Let's uh, let's skip this break. Go right into rapid fire reaction. What do you say? <clears throat> We've got a couple, three topics to get into quickly. Number one, we mentioned earlier Arthur Smith hired in in Pittsburgh. Good hire, bad hire, okay hire. Where's that out on the list? I honestly do not know just for the fact that I don't know what he's got to work with. I mean, Kenny Pickett, is he the guy? Mason, Mason Rudolph. Are they, they had Najee, right? Yeah, you do have Najee. Najee's their guy in the backfield. Again, you've got you've George got... Pickens on the outside. Okay, can... and, and, and please understand, I'm, I think they're similar in but not – Quite, I think AJ Brown's a much better player, but George Pickens would be a an AJ Brown comp. Najee's a Derrick Henry a comp. Little bit lesser Derrick Henry comp. I think Kenny Pickett is a little bit less of a Ryan Tannehill comp. I mean, they just they're similar players, and with a similar a similar mindset of Arthur Smith going in, perhaps they're able to you know to to kind of bring that up that level up mm -hmm. a little i don't know i think the challenge though is going to be bringing that level up in that division it's uh, tough division got, right now you got three of three of the seven afc postseason verse came out of that division yeah that's but they were one of them yeah so at least they were they're not coming out of the you know they didn't yeah. start from the bottom now they're here no they but the team that missed has one of the guys that most people consider to be elite at the quarterback position. So most is doing some work there, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, certainly the Browns thought so. I don't, I, I don't know if he's the quarterback next year. No. Burrow. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's Burrow at Cincinnati. Is he going to be healthy? He has done nothing but get hurt over and over this past year. I don't know, man. I'm afraid for them. Hopefully he gets back. And if he is, obviously he is one of the best quarterbacks. But, yeah, I mean, crap. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl three years ago, two, two years ago. Mm -hmm. That's not a division that it's easy to get back up in, I don't think. So. Well, but you don't expect the Browns to be. Well, the Browns have got to figure things out at quarterback, too, I guess. Right. You don't think it's Joe Flacco? No. And I don't what? think it's Deshaun Watson. Right. So, DTR? 
I don't know. They may go quarterback in a, in a they quarterback may go quarterback. Draft. Yeah. I, yeah, but I think I think the Steelers have they have the pieces in place for Arthur Smith to work with. I think that, but I also think that it's very possible that you see Derrick Henry and or Ryan Tannehill in a Steelers uniform this year. Man. And while it would suck to see Derrick Henry in a Steelers uniform, it would almost feel right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if there were any other team that he were going to play for, that's the team that would feel the most. I'd rather see him in Pittsburgh than Houston. Yeah. Which is something you said not long ago. So, yeah. I think they'd want him. Also, Ben Johnson of the Detroit Lions has said, I'm good. I like where I'm at. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, is it better to play for a Super Bowl as an OC than go out as a first-time head coach and possibly get your brains bashed in? But Seattle's not a bad job, right? But Washington. Yeah, Washington you don't want. But Seattle <laughs> I don't doesn't think he's feel like get, it's a I don't, bad I don't, job. I don't think he was going to get Seattle. Who is? I, I mean, I, I, I got nothing. You don't think it's Brable? I think eventually. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they, I don't think he's their first choice. Well, I don't know who their first choice is, but. I feel like if if it comes down to Vrabel or Johnson, or if it was going to come down to Vrabel or Johnson, it's not now because Johnson said, I'm good. But I think Vrabel is the call. I don't disagree. I think Seattle is is a good job, though. I, I, mean, I think Seattle is a better job than Washington. If you're, Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that he necessarily would have gotten his brains beat in in Seattle as a first-year head coach. I think it's probably – but either way, do you want to take that chance when you have the team that they – now, again, they don't have Jared Goff under contract next year, so they got to figure that out. I think it's easier to figure out the quarterback situation from where they are than sure. it is to figure it out from a lot of other places no across question. the league. Washington's going to hire somebody that – Nobody wants. I just feel like I feel like it's including them. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think they want. I, I think they're going to end up hiring somebody that they just have to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. And I, they better do it quick. Time's running out. Auburn has hired DJ Durkin as its defensive coordinator. Spent the last two years at Texas A&M. He spent some time at Florida. He also spent some time. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Somewhere else that left left a little bit of a black mark on his resume. A little bit. I'd say I'd say I'd say there was a black mark. Uh, I, uh, as you said a couple minutes ago, a little bit is doing a lot of work right there. A little bit. Um, he. There are people that would tell you that DJ Durkin should not be on a college campus. There are people who would tell you that. DJ Durkin all but murdered a kid. And I'm not sure they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet. Well, now I will say this. I think everybody deserves a second chance to some degree and to learn from your mistakes. But it wasn't like Steve Sarkeesian who was out of the game for two years and 
was an analyst for another year in Alabama before being the offensive coordinator and then taking over. You kind of had to pay some dues. DJ Durkin spent one year in the NFL as a consultant before coming back as a defensive coordinator at Ole Miss and Texas A&M, and now at Auburn. I wonder if anyone has asked Jordan McNair's parents what they think of this. I can't imagine anybody would even think about it. <clears throat> so, yeah. Anyway. DJ Durkin hired at Auburn. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Finally, Preds lost in overtime last night. Did you happen to see? No. <laughs> Not even on Twitter, the yeah. highlight of UC Soros getting a tripping penalty? Yeah, the goalie was penalized for tripping while making a save. While making a save? Yes. He made a skate save with his left foot, and dude ran over his foot, fell down, they called tripping. Was he in the box? His left foot was not in the box, but he's making a save. Um, the mean, rest I'm, of him was in the box. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the the. I'll tell you this: Andrew Brunette was hot, livid, as was UC Soros. <laughs> so I'm going to take their well, reaction I mean, it, it, as it certainly seems a little over officious. One would think. I mean, it's the goalie. Watch it. Okay, here we go. Watch his left pad here. And how you can hear uh, Willie is is uh, <laughs> Willie is is pretty confused as well. Oh, he believes he's making a save, and he, you know he is wide open and. I think Stutzla makes the right play. He's not going to get it on his forehand. Saros has got him. So he tries to drag it to his backhand around the left pad of Saros. So Saros not only sticks the leg out, he pushes it forward. And when he pushes it forward, the referee looked at that as a motion to trip Timmy Stewart. But he wasn't making it wasn't a motion to trip. It was a motion to stop the This is the thing. So anyway. I thought that was wild. Mm, yeah, so do you see. Yeah. Hey, let's take a one-minute break and come back with Top 5 Tuesday right after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. You miss the radio too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So. And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Coach. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving, 
got to love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> I'm glad someone. Time now for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Mid-South 5 Fitness. Thales Steel in the gang, S-T-E-E-L-Athletes.com, Steel Athletes, and at S-T-E-E-L-Athletes on Instagram. All right, we're going to go first with Mo. You'll be first, and you'll be sixth. Sixth and seventh. Uh, Justin, you can go second. I'll go third. Um, so my first one is going to be um, Clint Storner's fumble, Billy Ratliff's recovery, 1998, Tennessee, 20, Tennessee 28, Arkansas 24. All right, Justin. Um, I'm gonna go with um, let's see. I think I'm gonna go with the uh, butt fumble mm. as one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen. I guess we're going most impactful, right? Okay, so I'll go. Um, oh, that's okay. That's pretty impactful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's led to a, it's led to nobody going under center ever again. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with, of course, University of West Alabama's Malcolm Butler with the pick. There you go. In Super Bowl 49. Yes. XLIX. My next one, I will go with James Harrison, scoop and score. I was going to say that one too. It's a great one. Both were on my list, but that's okay. Justin? So mine also is a um, Pittsburgh-involved one, and I don't know if this is like if, – if this is the way that we're talking about the uh, top five, but remember when Ben Roethlisberger – or no, Jerome Bettis fumbled, and then uh, I believe they were playing the Colts maybe? Uh, almost took it back, and Ben Roethlisberger did the this diving tackle to save the game. Oh, Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that, that, I'm going to go with that, that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, cool. the, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's yeah. an interesting way of looking at this top five. But not. But yes, that, that works. Mm-hmm. All right. Think My number two. Wait. What, what, what? Okay. So it's back to one, you. Yes, it's back okay. to me for two. Gotcha. One of which is Dale Jones's twisting, turning, Jumping, falling, interception in 85 to preserve UT's 16-14 win over Alabama. All right. And let's see, number seven now. Um, This past fall, Miami with a chance to salt away a 20-17 to win over Georgia Tech. Instead, runs a play rather than kneeling. They fumble. Georgia Tech goes like 74 yards in 27 seconds to win it 23-20. Kind of put Brent Key on the map. It did, in fact. Yeah. Justin? I'm going to go with uh, Deshaun Jackson in 2008, similar to our boy Zay, uh, although this was completely under his own volition, dropping the ball before he hits the end zone um, against the Cowboys, it looks like. Yep. This was a while ago, but uh, mm-hmm. he apparently had done that twice before that, dropping the ball as in, like, to celebrate, you know? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Bonehead. The play that changed college football. 
Antonio Langham, pick six, 1992 SEC championship game. There you go. It's a big one. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go with – I know this is not on anybody's list, but I don't want to take it last. So mm -hmm. 2019, second round of the state playoffs, Ethan Cash fumbles – a option at Brentwood and all they had to do was score at, from the two yard line. They run an option to the left, cash fumbles, Brentwood recovers, Indy loses. Sad day. Thanks. It hurts. Yeah. Justin, your turn. Cool. Cool. My internet got back here. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, the, okay. So this is kind of off the top of my head because I couldn't find the Googling it, but it was the Saints versus, versus uh, Colts game, the year mm -hmm. the Saints won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Tracy and Porter. It was Tracy Porter taking it mm -hmm. to the to the apartments. Uh, Seventy-four yards, him. looking at himself on the big screen to see if there was anybody behind him. Yes. Iconic yes. move when he's like motioning up. Yeah, it's so sick. Mm -hmm. Okay. My turn. Um, I'm going Alabama 92 as well. George Teague had a 31-yard pick six as Alabama down Miami 34-13 in the Sugar Bowl. And it wasn't necessarily huge, but it was huge. Yeah, it was. And and the strip that was called back would have been even bigger probably. But um, that's my number four. And my number five, I have kind of run out. All right. How about uh, Cedric Benson's fumble against the Colts? I, I don't even remember the Bears being back in the Super Bowl again, but the, the thought that Rex Grossman is a Super Bowl quarterback is a little bizarre. <laughs> you got a number five, Justin? Uh, yeah. Did we say the fumble yet by the Browns, uh, which was contrary of the drive by John Elway? No, oh. but that's smart. That's a good one. Especially at five. Um, I'm going to go with um, Cam Newton's fumble. When he was stripped by Von Miller in yep. Denver's Super Bowl. Ooh. Thanks. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow with more Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Come see us. Mm -hmm.